2: Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another live episode of Circling the Bases, probably a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, week one football in the books. How'd your fantasy team do?
0: Oh, th- thank you, Tyreek Hill. Thank you so much. You that saved helps. my bacon. That helps. Yeah, I mean, uh, I it looked like I was going in for a, a very close contest because Derek Henry was a huge disappointment and, mm-hmm. uh, but Tyreek Hill kind of made up for any type of disappointment whatsoever. So I'm one to know, how'd you do?
2: I'm um, one. I owe Debo Samuel a fruit basket. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I owe him one, not only for week one, but also for however that's about to extrapolate out. Cause he looked really good. And I kind yeah. of like three leagues. I, I had a phenomenal week one. I mean, outside of my giants looking about as Ooh. abysmal as humanly Ooh. possible. Um, Five and zero in my five leagues got a little got a little swag to start out the year, nice. and keep in mind I had Gus Edwards in three of those leagues, oh. so it is it was one where like on Thursday night I was cursing the fantasy gods, and on Sunday I was uh, offering up offerings and prayers. So real, real it was quick. it was nice. It was nice.
0: Since you brought up your Giants, can we talk about Joe Judge? Because in what in which what part of Joe Judge would you prefer? To I about? I think this guy might be out of his element a little bit. Uh, is this just <laughs> because? Is this the
2: uh, challenge? on uh, uh, is this the challenge yeah. flag? Now, throw? look. If you uh, when the rule first came
0: out, I got it when people did it. It was like that natural habitat. This rule has existed for like ten years now. Okay, it's, it's not a great it's look. A, it's like cyber- hyperbole, but he looks way like this is a. I think I found my new Jeff Fisher and it's Joe judge.
2: Let's see what he does this year. I'm just hoping that I'm wrong on this, but I kind of tend to agree with you, but I'm hoping that I'm wrong. And that like, Daniel Jones is about to snap into year three quarterback world. And Joe judge is all of a sudden going to look like the second coming of Bill Belichick. You know, I'm just all the things I'm hoping. Saquon Barkley wow. suddenly looks like Barry Sanders 2.0. These are all things I'm hoping for. I'm expecting none of them. So
0: I, I admire your, even your faux optimism. I admire it. My
2: faux optimism so. is the only <laughs> thing that keeps me warm at night.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Pretty much it coming up on the show today. Uh, Chris and I are going to go team by team in the American League, baseball, not football, uh, American League, and discuss <laughs> what players under 60% rostered you should be targeting from now till season's end. And, and we're going to talk about on each team the toughest keeper call. Basically, who are you, who's the ones that we're going to have to have the biggest debate about at the end of the year? We're going to go team by team on that front in the American League. Are you curious about players in the National League? Don't you worry. You're pretty little heads about it. Chris and I will be back tomorrow to cover the rest of the ML. But first, before we get to all of, before we go team by team, uh, for all you fantasy football fans out there, and clearly Chris and I are two of us, uh, be sure to tune into our fellow NBC Sports Edge podcast, A Good Football Show, which airs live on our YouTube and Twitch channels. Get ahead of your league with the help of NBC's Patrick Doherty and crew every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday afternoon. A very good show for those with an eye on a championship this year. But let's get right over to the MLB and let's talk. Let's start with the American League East because, and I don't know why. And Chris, actually, I'm going to ask you this question before we get into the nitty gritty. Sure. When you Google things online, does the American League East always come up first for you? Because oh, as I'm trying to do this, I was like, maybe we should go American league West and give uh, Chris mm-hmm. a little bit of his Mariners a little bit of chance. And all of a sudden I was like, but no, everything oh. is always East, Central, West. East it Central is, West.
0: It has been that way. It's the same thing for football. It's it is the, the AFC East is the first thing that shows up when you search. And I don't really get it. I guess it's, alphabetical but but AFC Central should technically be first if you I'm doing pretty that. sure it's East or coast. AFC bias. Central.
2: this classic East Coast bias baby. It is. I wasn't sure that- if it was just me on the East Coast like getting oh. like my feed but I'm pretty sure that's how it is.
0: This is ridiculous. That's why that's the only the only benefit we have on the West Coast is that our baseball games end before 1 a.m. But other than that it's That's all- a pretty
2: good benefit by the way. If I have to click to the second thing on Google and I get yeah. to go to sleep before 1 a.m., that sounds like a great trade-off. <laughs> I'll be happy to do that. Fair enough. Let's talk. Let's start with the Red Sox out there. Currently right now so again, we're going to use this on the two markers. Player under 60% rostered and toughest keeper debate. To and I'll start off first. For me, the player under 60% roster that I think everyone should be targeting right now is Bobby Dahlbeck, 44% rostered in Yahoo leagues. He has 21 home runs and 71 RBIs this season. Um, But really, if you focus on the more recent, he's crushing, really locked in and really starting to take over that first base spot, hitting 315, 383, 796 with seven homers, 19 RBIs across his last 54 at-bats dating back to August 26th. So he has been scorchingly hot right now. If you are looking for help and he is eligible at both first base and third base, if you are eligible, uh, if you are looking for anyone at the first base or third base spot or a corner infield spot, if your league has that position, Bobby Dahlbeck with his power and RBI combo on a Red Sox team that is in the chase right now for home field in the wild card, I think he is a perfect guy to go out there and target. He could be a monster from now to the end of the year. And for me, I'll go toughest keeper debate. This one was tough for me because there's a lot of good players on this team. But Kyle Schwarber is probably the hardest one for Mm. me to kind of gauge for next year. Look, A, we don't know what team he's going to be on, which is kind of a big deal. And two, he's got big power. No one's questioning that. But his strikeout potential is just massive. 12% in the league in K percentage, real bad. Um, only four home runs since joining Boston at the trade deadline. Granted, he was, he was injured when traded, but only four right. home runs since joining Boston and does not help in batting average or steals. So is he is such a made power is his game. I don't know where he is. And while we've seen power in the past from him, it's been fleeting. It's been, you know, trendy. It's been he has not been able to consistently put together at-bats over the course of multiple seasons that makes me feel like I'm overly competent in this player. A guy who won AL Player of the Month just a few months ago.
0: Yeah, this is... I think that's interesting. By the way, we have the same uh, player to roster for the rest of the season in Bobby Dahlbeck. I, I think it's
2: not actually... I'm kind of shocked guys. that he's at 44%. The way that yeah, he's been I, I absolutely very, hitting... I'm shocked. I am I was, shocked.
0: I'm very shocked that his roster percentage is that low. Um, I, I think Schwarber's a good call. I, I think at... It's going to depend, one, on, like you said, on who he's playing for, and two, how much is batting average, how important is that in your league, because yeah. I, I just don't think he's ever, and there is that chance that he's going to hit that 160, 170, which can be a real, real hard thing to recover from, like you can add all the Luis Arias you want, it just isn't going to make up for the fact that you're going to hit 160, 170, Power is always going to be in legit. He's going to draw lots of walks. So, if you're playing in it on base percentage league, I think it's an easy decision. Uh, mine's kind of a weird one, maybe. Um, it's Garrett Whitlock. And the reason Garrett Whitlock is the most difficult decision for me to keep is because I don't know what role he's going to have next year. But if the Red Sox do make him a starter, if that has become clear before you have to submit your keepers, I want Garrett Whitlock. That stuff is filthy. If you yeah. watch highlights of Garrett Whitlock pitch, He has some of the best swing and miss stuff. And, you know, this was a starter before, a Rule 5 draft pick who has more than held his own as a reliever. Currently rostered in 20% of leagues as a non-closer, which tells you how good he has been at missing bats. So I think Garrett Whitlock is uh, the guy for me. Uh, Let's move on to the Orioles uh, just so we can make this not a uh, a Judd Apatow movie (laughs) of one. Um, The guy that I am rostering for the rest of the year is Austin Hayes been way better over the second half of the season, really good over the last two weeks for homers, um, a quality outfielder who I think I can, who can help um, fantasy rosters for the rest of the year. And then my keeper, of course, Mr. Prospect guy, if you're rostering Adley Rutschman, I'm not sure. And to be clear, when we're talking about keepers, we're just talking about 2022 because we're talking about 2024, 2025. It's obvious. Adley Rutschman is a must keep for your roster, but just for next year, I think he's a really difficult decision I lean yes because of the premium position, but there is a chance that he doesn't open on the roster. There is a chance that you don't see him until late April, early May, which, you know, takes away. And it's tough with catcher. You only get one usually. Don't play in two Mm -hmm. catcher leagues, by the way. Please don't play in two catcher leagues. It's a good wheel. Please stop that. Um, But, yeah, Rutschman's a really difficult decision. I lean yes, but it's a – boy, it is – Cutting—it's very close as to whether or not he's worth a roster spot in most keeper leagues for just 2022.
2: Yeah, and again, we're going to go into this off season not knowing what the CBA is going to look like. That's a great point And honestly, that is such a major kind of asterisk to all of this is that we sure. just don't know what is. What do they do to change uh, rookie manipulation laws? Like, what do they do to right. do they change? double headers to seven innings? Do they keep the extra inning rule? All the rest of these things are all up in the air. So it's going to be very difficult to kind of discuss that. But Mm -hmm. when we talk about a keeper, and again, I think this is a good general rule that we should have for the rest of the show. We're assuming that you're in a keeper league, not a dynasty league. So by you being in a keeper league, it means that you're going to have a finite number of players that you can keep. Right. If that is the case, then we have to make some hard calls. We're in a dynasty league. You get to keep everybody in your set. So for me, my toughest keeper debate is John Means. Mm. Look, he had an excellent year this year, 5-7, and seven, but a 3.42 ERA, and even one whip, 114 strikeouts to only 23 walks, and 126 in the third innings. Excellent numbers. He was second in AL Rookie of the Year voting back in 2019, which was his last full season. But can he repeat this performance? First off, he's going to still be on a bad Baltimore team. That isn't going to give him a lot of run support nor defensive support. Um, His barrel percentage is in the 14th percentile and his K percentage, while those averages are nice, he's only striking out in the 44th percentile. Not exactly elite stats. His expected ERA, while his regular ERA is 3.42, his expected ERA is over four, almost 4.1. So there's a lot of regression to the mean here, no pun intended, to get back to maybe more of a 2-3 a starter rather than an ace like maybe some might think he is. Right. Also, should be emphasized with him, he's been on the IL five times in three years. And one of those years was a shortened 60-game season. So there is an injury concern here that I think you kind of have to throw in, even if it's short stops and misses. Just right. a little bit this year. There's a lot of time on the IL you got to deal with. Um, for me, and I completely agree with you, by the way, in player to to roster under 60%, Austin Hayes. Yeah. Um, since August 24th, 342 with five homers and 17 RBIs across 73 at-bats. Only struck out 15 times in that span. He is starting to lock in. The only problem with him, going to do nothing for you on the walk front. Right. Two walks in that span, <laughs> in 73 at-bats. Not going to be doing a lot to help you there. No. Uh, let's flip over to the Blue Jays here. And... Player, I think that people should be targeting right now, Alejandro Kirk. Yep. 27% roster in leagues. Look, he's a power catcher bat. It's not many of them, but they exist. He's hitting 333, 419, 815 over the past week, though, getting more opportunities to start. He's hit four home runs and seven, R- seven RBIs during that time. Again, that's just a week in 27 at bats. So starting to hit the ball better, starting to get more playing time because of it. If you are at all hurting in the catcher position, Alejandro Kirk is a guy that you should be targeting out there because he could, if he gets hot and starts locking in in a very potent Blue Jays lineup, he could be giving you home runs, RBIs, and runs. That's three categories for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, that's I, I, I Kirk is my guy. And I got to tell you, I always go with my. My chungus, if, if you if you, I love my thick players and Alejandro Kirk is one of my one of the thickest and I, you hit the nail on the head like he is an offense first catcher and a guy who can provide a ton of value at the plate. Some question marks about his defense, but right now he's there and for the rest of the season, he'll be there so you don't have to worry about it. But the guy for me, the keeper, this is a real tough one for me. It's Kevin Biggio and it's be, not because of talent like Kevin Biggio is clearly talented. My question is, what kind of role is he going to have with Mm -hmm. Toronto next year? They have so much young talent over there. What is he going to be an everyday player? Now, that kind of helps him a little bit, too, because he should have roster eligibility in a lot of places. But he was bad this year when he was healthy, and he wasn't healthy very often. I, I think I would lean towards keeping him because of that roster flexibility, but I think it's close.
2: I think it's close. I got to figure you could find some. I mean, I figure you got to find someone else at that position that you can rely on a little bit more if you're really looking. I mean, again, he's going to give you multiple positions, but you tell me there's not one other infielder on your team that you might want to hold more. He's tougher for me. Honestly, the biggest keeper debate on this one, and I'm shocked that you didn't pick it because I didn't even look at the roster and I already (laughs) had this answer out, and that's Robbie Ray. Are you confident keeping Robbie Ray next year? Look, sure. the guy might win AL Cy Young this year.
0: Right.
2: But from 2019 to 2020, he had a 4.86 ERA, a 1.47 WHIP, and 129 walks in 226 innings with the worst uh walk percentage in the majors. Yeah. Look, his 21 his 2021 stats have been phenomenal. Yeah. More innings than anyone in the American League, more strikeouts than anyone in the American League, only 43 walks which is obviously the biggest point. sure. But we don't know where he's playing next year and because he is a free agent at the end of this year. And do you really believe in this transformation? And that's the question that I think every fantasy manager, and for you and I, Chris, every fantasy analyst out there in the yeah. offseason is yeah. going to have to grapple with that question. Is he sure. a top 20 starter?
0: Yeah. Or
2: is he a guy who's going to regress back to like barely top 40?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big question. I will say this. Based on – I've watched a ton of video lately of Robbie Ray. The delivery changes are legit. Like it's it's, it's a big difference. And I have seen – look, I believe more in delivery changes than I do in swing changes. Like swing changes are stuff that can take years upon years to ever truly work out, and a lot of times they don't. But if you can actually keep your delivery compact and make the release point necessary changes, I think Robbie Ray – is a guy that for me, I get why you'd question it, Mm -hmm. especially in certain type of leagues is an easier keeper than maybe someone, uh, someone discussed. Let's go to your Yankees Um, for me. And I know he had a disappointing start, but Luis Gil Gil is still an easy Mm -hmm. roster for me. Like even in that start where he gave up five runs, he he still showed some dominant stuff. I I still am an absolute believer in him. It looks like he's going to make more starts for the Yankees down the stretch. I would absolutely roster him for these final few weeks. And the keeper, and it, it, it this pains me. Gleber Torres. I I don't know I if I can say keep, it. I don't know if I can keep Gleber Torres. Look, the, the move to second base, he'll still have shortstop eligibility. I am a believer in his talent as much as any player on the Yankees. And, and that's saying something. There are some really good players on the Yankees, but I just the the lack of power really concerns me and the lack of adjustments that have been made. There were some flashes of brilliance in the middle of the summer, but just not enough. I think it's a real tough decision.
2: I think it's really hard. It might help in the end. It looks like if he ends up, if he's now moved to second base, he'll get enough games at second base to then qualify Mm -hmm. at both shortstop and second next year, which is a nice little boost, but you're right. Gleyber Torres we're two years away from a 39 home run season. And we haven't seen anything close to that since no. you can talk about the bouncy ball. That was the 2019 season. doesn't make a difference. No. There is nothing. The bouncy ball wasn't adding 25 home runs to his no. ability. Like no. that's not a thing. So Baltimore
0: might've added 15 homers.
2: Fair <laughs> point. That might've actually been a part there. Baltimore <laughs> pitching probably inflated yeah. that more than anything. Yeah. Uh, Luis Hill for me as well is my, is my guy I'm targeting for the rest of the year. One and zero with a two eight eight ERA and thirty two strikeouts and twenty five innings. You mentioned that five run game. He was moving through the game for the first four before kind of losing it in the fifth. So I mean, Dude. he looked really. If you want to take out, if you want to take out the one inning that he had where he blew up since his since his debut, he's been almost perfect. So um, only still twenty six percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. I'm shocked by that with Tyone injured Severino, probably rejoining the team from a relief role there. I mean, it's going, he's going to have starts from now to the end of the year. And he's scheduled versus Cleveland at Boston, at Toronto. You don't love Mm -hmm. at Boston, at Toronto. Those are going to be a little tougher, but you love the Cleveland one. So um, either way, I think a guy with his strikeout potential, someone, everyone should be targeting here. And I got to say, when I was looking at for a keeper debate, um, I mean, there's a lot of Yankees that you can kind of make this call from, especially considering how up and down that team has been this entire year.
0: Absolutely.
2: But if you want to talk at the top end of that, Giancarlo Stanton as a keeper, mm-hmm. look, he's yeah. been phenomenal this year. 27 home runs, 76 RBIs. Now playing the outfield again. He's looked different since he has. But health is he is he a guy that you can go out and keep next year. Granted, you probably got him cheaper this year than normal, so probably by just aggregate value based on where you could keep him next year, he's still probably in the positive. But, I mean, we still have questions about health. If he turns into a 100-games-in-the-outfield kind of guy in a perfect world, can he hold up during that whole span? We just haven't seen it. It's just going to be a lot. We had this conversation, I think, last week or the week prior, like, is he a top 50 player next year? And we both were kind of like, "Eh, I hope, I think, but like, are we sure? If you're going to sit in the off season with Stanton or somebody else as the debate for who you keep, it's going to be tough to look at Stanton and say like, all right, definitely believe in him moving forward.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. And I would say this, if he was just, you tell, like if he was just a guy at DH, this is not a conversation. I don't don't think you can keep him, but I do think because he has that uh, ability to be in the outfield. He, he's a keeper for me, but, you know, somebody I'd be looking to trade, like uh, mm-hmm. because his value is, as high, I think, as high as it can get, I do think it's at least uh, debatable. Uh, it's definitely you know I mean? the highest uh, it's been in a while. Yes, absolutely. Oh, we got one more team in the yeah, in East. It, this is um, was a hard one. Because this is the hardest ever- one for me. Everybody in Tampa Bay's roster is either rostered 90% or 10%. Not slight hyperbole, but not really. Not much. Um, The guy guy I'd be looking to add is Nick Anderson through a scoreless inning. I don't know if he's going to get save chances. I absolutely know he's going to miss bats. Like, there's just no debate for it whatsoever. And, again, there are so few people here. But, look, if you're a player who's looking for um, some rate stuff, Nick Anderson is the guy that I'm looking to go for keeper. There's a ton of guys who would think, but again, Mr. Prospect is going to talk about a prospect Vidal Bruhan. and it's all going to depend on whether or not he's actually a Tampa Bay Ray next year. If he's a Tampa Bay Ray next year, not rostering him. If he gets traded to a team where it looks like he has an everyday role with his ability to steal bases and hit for average and a little bit of pop too. Yeah. I'm rostering him because he has a chance to help you win a category and help it a couple of others. Tons of guys for Tampa Bay that are difficult because you you just don't know what Tampa Bay is going to do. Yeah. But uh, those are the two that I'm looking at.
2: Yeah, Tampa Bay is going to Tampa Bay, and it's tough to yeah. follow along with it. Um, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is basically the New England Patriots of fantasy. Like it, it is so hard. <laughs> yeah. Can't you just pick something and stick with it just a yeah. little bit, please? Um, I honestly went. Pretty much the same route as you, um, although I picked Andrew Kittredge as the guy who oh. I could target through. 59% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, similar to Nick Anderson, except he might have a better shot at getting you a couple saves from now to the end of the year. He gotcha. temporarily took a, took over the closer role. Um, however, a little kind of mini stretch, giving up one run in three of his last four, but still sports a 1.6 ERA and a sub-1 whip on the year. And he tops the majors, number one in the majors in chase rate. So you want to talk about missing bats, Andrew Kittredge is the guy to do it. Um, He might be able to get you a couple saves from now to the end of the year. And for me, the keeper debate is uh, I'm going rookie or uh, at least prospect as well, Luis Patino, young arm, but he's on the race. So they don't give a lot of length to starters. And there's a lot of arms that they like to mix and match there. I think he's continually capped regardless of how good he is. I think he's continually capped by just being on the race. Um, he has a 4.62 ERA through 64 and a third inning. So like not exactly, he didn't exactly jump onto the stage and run with it, which doesn't help. However, he doesn't get blown away. Only one game this season, giving up five or more. So at the very least, he keeps you in games, but Mm -hmm. if he's hitting the three, four run mark, there comes the quick hook. So just be prepared on that front. So that's going to be a tough one. I love the talent. I just don't know if the rays are the right fit to get the most out of that fantasy talent.
0: Sure, that, that's fair, and I will say this: Kittredge was my choice, but I'm guessing you looked yesterday or Tuesday or excuse me, Monday. Yeah, at I did. 62 today. Oh, he must so, have gone up. So, oh. so, that's the reason why. <laughs> but that's close enough that I can definitely say that. Yeah, he's a great ad because I think he is going to get a decent amount of save chances for a really good uh, baseball team. So, yeah, I think he's absolutely worth worth considering
2: it for a roster spot down the stretch. All right, let's pop over to the American League Central. Let's start with the White Sox. Um, player who you should be rostering right now, Reynaldo Lopez. 25% rostered um, since August 1st. 2-2 two and two with a 2.18 ERA and only 8 earned runs in 33 innings, striking out 29 through that bunch. Um, only 5 starts. He has 10 appearances, so he doesn't always count against you in terms of, um, say, game started, if that is a, a – a, stat that you guys have to adhere to. Um, But otherwise he can be, he can follow up a guy as well, which is really nice. He's scheduled to face the angels at Detroit versus Cincinnati to close out the year. I like him in all three of those as a streamer, I would go add him. And similar to what you said about Garrett Whitlock in the last, my toughest keeper debate is Michael Kopech. The stuff is incredible. What is his, what is his role next year? Is he going to get stretched out? Is he going to be in that rotation Then I absolutely love him? If he's going to be this like Swiss army knife, long, you know, multiple innings guy doing ridiculous things out of the bullpen can't keep him. Like I he's not, he doesn't have enough value if that is the case.
0: Yeah. That's, that was my choice. So I'll give a, a different choice for the keeper. Um, uh, it, it would have been Kopech for me, but just to be different, I'll say Andrew Vaughn is a really difficult. Keep yeah, this,
2: keep that was the only one in between, yeah.
0: Because, look, when he's been good, he's been real good. And when he's been bad, it's been real, Wolf. real bad. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's going through one of those real bad streaks right now, one for 25. Would I be shocked if Andrew Vaughn is one of those guys who has a second year, um, picks it up? No, not at all. But I can't guarantee that. And at first base and outfield, That's a little bit tougher for me. I'm going way off the grid for the guy to uh, maybe help. A lot of people may not realize this, but over the last two weeks, one of the hottest hitters in baseball has been Larry Garcia. Mm -hmm. He's hitting 378 over the last two weeks. He's added a couple of homers, added a steal. Look, is he going to keep hitting 378 for the rest of the season? I doubt it, but I I think he's picked up some stuff. And also I think it's really interesting here with Larry Garcia too. Second base, third base, shortstop, and outfield eligibility. So I do think that is something to keep in mind. Uh, next would be Cleveland. And my Cleveland's really easy because my uh, person to roster for the rest of the year and the person to keep are the same guy. It's Myles Straw. It, it, Miles Straw can help you win the stolen base category right now. And he's getting everyday chances for a Cleveland. I, um, a guy who believes that he can hit in that 270 range um, certainly can help you win the category this year. Question is, is he going to be the regular? Is he going to hit at the top of the lineup to begin next year? I do think he has that chance. The fact that he can win you a category makes him much more desirable because he's not going to help in a heck of a lot of other categories. I do think he can hit for some average, though. So I think that Miles Straw is both the guy I want for the next three weeks and I'm very much not sure if I want to roster him for the start of 2022.
2: I think that's totally fair, and I had Miles Straw as well. Seven stolen bases in his last 30 days. -hmm. What I really like: equal number of walks to strikeouts over his last fifteen games. Very nice. Yeah, that's just that. That means he's locking in, and that is huge. If you again, we only need a short heater for you to have a really great end of fantasy season. Mm -hmm. That's what we're looking for. Um, Also, tied for second in runs scored on the team in his last thirty days. So, getting the opportunities to score. Um, My toughest keeper debate: Tristan McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, look, he looked bad to start out the year, one and three with a 6.38 ERA in his first 11 games. But since August 10th, four and one with a 1.38 ERA and 42 strikeouts in 39 innings, he has looked phenomenal. Four straight starts, including one on Tuesday today. Um, four straight starts, only one earned run. Absolutely love it. He has looked excellent. Of course, we worry about his physique and how that plays out over the course of his career, just him being so tiny. Um, But if he continues, like, if he has the next three games and absolutely slays them, it's going to be real hard for people to not keep him next year the way that he's closed out this season.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. I will say this for Tristan McKenzie. The reason I'm rostering him at least to start the year is uh, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Like, I have seen enough of him the last at the end of 2020 and at the end of 2021 that I would just be furious if I had the chance to keep him and then he does uh, what he's done at the end of these next two years it's much easier for me to say well all right that was flash in the pan it's not going to work out I need to look somewhere else it's much easier to, to justify I think keeping him than dropping him in my opinion
2: All right, let's go over to the Twins here. And player under 60% rostered. Honestly, this was one of the harder ones for me as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Miguel Sano. I don't Mm. love him. I don't love the batting average. He's never going to help you there. But you know what? If you're looking for home runs, guy can still do that. Eight homers in his last 21 games, four homers in his last nine. If that's the category that you're aiming for, Miguel Sano going to get at bats, going in the middle of that lineup, going to get opportunities. He just needs to get hot. And we've all seen Miguel Sano get hot before it absolutely slay. So he's the guy I'm looking at right now. If you're looking for power Um, and I will, I'm going to say this as fast as possible, Chris, so that way your head does not spin (laughs) the toughest keeper will all will continue to be Byron Buxton. It is so hard for people out there, especially those who spent high draft picks this year. You saw what April and early May was, and you saw him get injured yet again. And he's picking up once again, where he left off. He always has these great September's. But only one season over 92 games played in his seven-year career. That's the only stat I'm going to give because all the rest of them are pretty good. But that's the only stat I can give that just makes you feel like, look, I only get three, four, five keepers next year. Are you sure that next year is going to be the year that Byron Buxton plays 140 games? That's the only question.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. Like If if you are... Extremely limited in keepers, and if you've got some loaded outfielders, yeah, I can understand. I Mm am certainly trading Byron Buxton, somebody is going to want Byron Buxton on the team. But it's unfortunately it's it's the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. It absolutely isn't. I don't like it any
2: more than you do, but no, I
0: I don't (laughs) think anyone does. Similarly, um, my the guy I question is Max Kepler. Like Max Kepler Mm -hmm. when he's been at his best looks like a real above average fantasy outfielder mm-hmm. but there just haven't been enough especially in 2021 yeah. um, I've seen a lot of regression but I do think you can justify if you're playing in a five outfielder league rostering him this is kind of a tough one because the twins are so much in rebuild mode that there just isn't a whole heck of a lot uh that you can justify but somebody who I think can help you this year and I will qualify with this that he left with an injury today but Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan has been outstanding. Awesome. He's currently rostered in 34%. Uh, ERA of 2.12, but did leave today's start – or excuse me, when – what's today? Tuesday's Tuesday. start. <laughs> oh, the season is almost over. Uh, he did leave Tuesday's start with an injury uh, to his wrist. It doesn't sound like it's a serious thing, but keep in mind. But Joe Ryan's legit. This is There is a reason why mm-hmm. this was the guy – That the Rays, uh, that the Twins wanted in the Nelson Cruz trade. I absolutely think, despite the fact the Twins may not give you a ton of win chances, a guy who can help you uh, down the stretch. Uh, Tigers. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Yeah. Heimer Candelario is the guy that I'm rostering. First base and third base eligibility. I always believe in this guy's ability to hit for average. I have since he was a a member of the Cubs. He's done a nice job over the last few weeks. Uh, The guy to keep you could name like 47 pitchers on the Tigers. I think that are up for debate here, but the one I go with is um, I'm keeping Casey Meis. there There's no debate for me. Therese Gubble another such story. Now I heard an interesting stat about Therese Gubble. He became the first starter ever to have 22 consecutive starts with four strikeouts or more. Now that's a little bit of a weird stat, but it does show you that he has some consistency with missing bats. My question is, is, The Tigers have been like one of the better stories in baseball this year. Like they've, they're close Mm -hmm. to a 500 baseball team. Well, closer than some stuff, but they seem like a team that might be better next year with actually a worse record. So I just don't know if there's going to be a ton of win chances and you could argue Casey Mize. You could argue like Matt manning pitchers like that, but scubble is the one that gives me the most pause for whether or not he's going to do quite enough to be worth one of those limited keeper spots.
2: It's so funny because Mize and Scubble have, well, Mize has 140 innings pitched. Scubble has yeah. 139. I literally wrote both of them down. <laughs> I didn't know which one to pick. It's the yeah. only one I picked two on. I think both yeah. pulled them down because the stats are eerily similar, except for the fact that Scubble has 160 strikeouts to Mize's 108. And yeah. that was the only part that was a little bit different for me. I think both of them are very tough to keep. Just if you're keeping a pitcher, is that really the best pitcher you can keep or yeah. one of the top two pitchers that you can keep? That's tough. Yeah. But sure. I agree with you. I'd probably go Mize there just because I like his – I just like everything about him a little bit Better pedigree. Yeah. Uh, but Candelario is my other guy that I'm targeting. Um, leads the majors in doubles, which I was kind of surprised to see. I didn't realize that. that. And too. since the start of September, hitting 302, 362, 721 with four homers, nine extra base hits, and 13 RBIs. Great numbers. Great numbers for a guy that is available in what 65% of leagues. I think that's uh that's someone you can go grab. Let's end up with the Royals here. Uh player who needs to be rostered, and that's Andrew Benatendi, and it's not close for me. Uh AL player of the week last week. He is hitting 436 with three homers, eight extra base hits, and 15 RBIs in his last 10 games. They have locked him into the two-hole into that lineup. There's just a lot to like about him. He was a player I was I was talking up at the beginning of the season, and that did not pan out. But hopefully he finishes the season strong and makes me look decent. And then the toughest keeper debate, Chris, we spoke about it last week. Alberto Montezi. Again, we talk about a guy who can win you a category, but shoulder shrug, everything else. So including health. So I don't know how you feel about him. Barely played it all this year. Ugh. But he's the guy, like, again, we know how good he theoretically can be, so you kind of want to keep him, but,
0: ugh, yeah. It's it's so tough. And the reason I didn't pick Modesty is because I knew you would. We didn't talk about this. It was just, I, I think he's the most, one of the most obvious, what the heck do you do with players? Yeah, what the heck do you do?
2: Exactly, yeah. And
0: honestly, that's why my um, my choice, the most difficult keep for me is Andrew Benintendi, because... Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating.
2: Like, look, this was
0: the top prospect in baseball, uh, not all of that long ago, put together a couple of solid but not spectacular seasons with the Red Sox, has shown some, I mean, some just Jekyll Hyde stuff (laughs) this year. Like, when he's been at his best, he's been fantastic and a reminder of why this guy was so highly coveted out of Arkansas and why this guy was considered by many to be the very best prospects in baseball. I think it's a tough decision, especially in outfield. Like, are you going to get the necessary production from five categories for Andrew Benatendi to be rostered? And for this year, for the helper, and you can argue that Andrew Benatendi should be rostered way higher, but this guy especially should be rostered higher, in my personal opinion. Carlos Hernandez. Mm -hmm. Carlos Hernandez has been outstanding uh, for in his limited action this year um, is coming off six innings of scoreless baseball. Yeah, it was against the Orioles, but like, look, this is a counts. guy who it still counts and he gets <laughs> to play in a bad division. He gets a matchup against the A's in his next one, you know, the A's are not a bad lineup, but certainly a beatable lineup. Somebody that I'm looking to roster. The only concern I have a little bit with Carlos Hernandez is he's not going to miss a ton of bats, but uh, I, I really think he's worth consideration down the stretch, but Andrew Benatendi is worth roster
2: consideration too. Could not agree more. So fantasy football is here, so make sure you all are signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus while you're at it. Signing up for Edge Plus gets you access to our fantasy football, basketball, and hockey sections, in addition to our incredible baseball content. As a reward for our listeners, be sure to use promo code BASES10 to get 10% off any premium subscription package, either monthly or annually, regardless of tier. So to find your edge, make sure you are signed up for NBC Sports Edge. Plus, that promo code again is BASES10. All right, let's whip through the AL West here. And let's start with your Mariners, Chris. Um, player that managers should be targeting right now, I'm web with Abraham Toro. 19% <laughs> rostered in leagues, has eligibility at second and third base. Since September 4th, he is hitting 314 with four doubles, six RBIs, and five runs in 35 at-bats. Um, he is pretty much locked into that lineup on a pretty much regular day. Um, not, I, I think that he has the ability to kind of be plucky from now to the end of the year. Um, and toughest keeper debate, and again, I'm not even going to get into the details here because we discussed it last week, and that's Kikuchi. Uh, again, the Jekyll and Hyde, we talk about Jekyll and Hyde. Kikuchi is the Jekyll and Hyde pitcher of this year. He's either going to go out there and throw seven innings, a one run ball striking out 12, or he's going to go three innings, giving up six and get bounced. So that's what you're going to get. And you know, you look at the positives and you say, I, I love it, but sure. there's just so many negatives that it's going to be hard for you to lock that in as one of your starters for next year.
0: Yeah, totally, totally fair. Like there's just a, we talk about Jekyll and Hyde, like he is mm-hmm. maybe the picture of Jekyll and Hyde right now. Um, mine are a little different though. I'm going for the okay. roster, uh, Drew Steckenrider, Go get mm-hmm. him. Like I think he's going to get most of the save chances for the Mariners down the stretch. And surprisingly enough, that's an actually an important role <laughs> right now. That means something, because yes. <laughs> it actually means something. I'm as surprised as anybody else. But yeah, <laughs> Drew Steckenrider is absolutely a guy that I would consider rostering. And for the keeper, Mr. Prospect Guy again, Jared Kelnick, because, look, based on just the numbers, Jared Kelnick's an easy no, but yeah. this was considered one of the best prospects in baseball. I've seen just enough from Jared Kelnick that if I'm playing in a five-outfield league, I'm absolutely considering rostering him for the rest of the season. The Angels are next, and I'm just going to tell you this is the same for both of them again as Joe Adele. Joe Adele is the guy that I want on my roster right now. I'm not sure if Joe Adele is worth keeping for next season. I, I, I absolutely believe in the talent like long-term again it's similar to Kelnick. where if we're talking about keeping for 2023 2024 Mm -hmm. it's a no-brainer there's there's no doubt about it these guys have a chance to be among the best outfielders in baseball are they going to do enough in 2022 i'm not quite sure what joe adele
2: i agree with you there i have him as both um for me as well player uh he is uh currently out with an undisclosed soreness injury so Mm -hmm. he's day-to-day but on an eight-game hitting streak since September 3rd, 367, three homers and eight RBIs and a triple with six runs scored and a stolen base, that's all in eight games. Like that's the kind of stat line that you want to see from Adele. Hey, look, there's power speed. Oh, look, then him doing everything that you want. I love him long-term. There should be a lot more line of protection for him next year. Like that lineup with Mike Trout and Anthony sure. Rendon and right. Shohei Otani and – uh, you know, even Justin Upton had a very nice year. David Fletcher's had a very nice year. So like that, and if they add anybody in the off season to expand that out, like that offense could be somewhat decent next year, like in a pretty good way. And Adele could be a part of that, especially if he winds mm-hmm. up, if he ends up weaseling his way up to the one or two hole, but I, I there's just too many question marks right now. There's other outfielders I would want to keep. I would probably go with them, but Adele, look, if he mashes from now to the end of the year, we'll have another conversation. Absolutely. Uh, let's go over to the Astros and player under 60% rostered. I cheated on this one. I went with the, I went with slightly higher. This is the only one I cheated on uh, <laughs> Jose or um, He's 65% rostered. And the reason why I went with him is because I feel like people have kind of forgotten about him. He was <laughs> injured for about two months due to right shoulder soreness. And uh, he returned from the IL just last week. And I feel like people kind of haven't picked up on that because he probably was dropped. He might've been dropped in your league and he might be available right now. Six and three with a 3.51 ERA, a 1.02 whip and 72 to 16 K walk ratio. And that's including like two starts since he's come back where he's been like limited to three innings and shorter stuff and all the rest. I think he's now getting stretched out a little bit more. Give me your queety from now to the end of the year. I think he becomes, I think he could have a say in who wins your title. And for the toughest keeper debate for me, it's Kyle Tucker. And the only reason why is just, is he going to run? Is he going to run? Cause the reason why we drafted Kyle Tucker the way we did this year is we expected something close to 20 stolen bases. And he's nowhere near that. Not even a little bit. So is he going to run next year? The Astros don't particularly like to run as a team, um, I think his ADP this year to his ADP next year could be a little bit different, and I think he might take a step back in ADP because of the stolen base category that he's not being a part of right now. If we were to ever get an inkling that that would change, that he would actually get a little bit more of a green light, I'd say keep, keep, keep. But otherwise, look, if you're in a three outfield league, maybe there's other positions that you need to go grab. Maybe there's another outfielder that you like a little bit more. I think Kyle Tucker is going to be – kind of properly valued next year in an ADP standpoint in comparison to this year.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Um, I would go. So I didn't cheat because, you know, I, I have a moral. Cause you're a man with morals. I respect that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's kind of weird because he's struggling right now, but I still Jake Myers is the guy that I want mm-hmm. on the roster. Like he's going through some things. Some of the stuff that he's going through is due to the fact that he couldn't have been as hot as he was to start the season. <laughs> I still very much believe in uh, his ability to hit for average and to to provide some pop as well Um, it's it's kind of a desperation play but again this was kind of like the Tampa Bay roster where it's it's kind of all or nothing and the tough keeper question for me is Christian Javier because I just don't know what role he's going to have next year is he going to be a multi-inning reliever or is he going to go back to that starting role if he's a starter I want him on my roster absolutely I think he has a chance to be a very, very solid fantasy performer in 2021. But in that relief role, even with the chance to get some wins, it's just not quite as valuable. Uh, Oakland's an interesting one, too. Uh, Josh Harrison, look, uh, if you've listened to me talk over these last few years, you know I love roster versatility. And Josh mm-hmm. Harrison provides as much roster versatility as anybody. Also hits for average, gets a chance to play for a playoff contender. And then the tough keepers, Ramon Laureano, like, Look, he, the what, to say he started the season hot is the understatement of understatements, then kind of struggled a little bit, and now currently dealing with a suspension. I think that makes it a real difficult decision because when he's healthy and at his best, I'm not going to get into debate about how much PEDs help because it's just pointless, but when Ramon Laureano was on the field, he has a real chance to be a real good player.
2: Yes, he does. And he's a player I've targeted each of the last three years for that exact reason. Like, right. I think he has a great power speed combo that you just absolutely love. Uh, my toughest keeper debate was Matt Chapman, just because mm. I get maybe the epitome for me of better player, real yes. life player than fantasy player, maybe the general, like the actual poster child for that sentence. Mm-hmm. And we, we, he has, over the second half of the year, he has started to show that maybe the injury that he had in the offseason last year that I think took a little bit of time out of him at the beginning. I think he started to show that a little bit more. He's finally started to have some more pop. Do you believe in it next year? I don't know and from a third base position, are you sure about it? Like I don't know about that, but there's just so much talent there that you just want to believe that he could be an aeronaut maybe an aeronado light yeah. rather than what he is right now. Um for me the player that people should be rostering James Caprillion still 44% rostered. Look, he has not been good in his last four starts. Well, we're going to say that, but prior to that, a 3.25 ERA with 87 strikeouts and 88 and two thirds innings. He's scheduled to face at angels versus Seattle at Seattle to end the year. I'm fine with him in all three of those. So if that's who you need to go grab again, remember this is a former first round pick tons of pedigree. Um, This is a guy, if you're looking for pitching, three nice matchups to end the year, I think that's someone you should go target. Uh, Let's end up with the Rangers here, and for a player that I think needs to be targeted right now is Taylor Hearn, Uh, 19% rostered, has allowed just 17 runs in his last 54 and two-thirds innings. He has five starts on the year, that's his last five appearances, and during that time he's four and one with a 3.94 ERA with 20 strikeouts in 29 and two thirds innings. He has allowed seven home runs in those five starts. So he is susceptible to the long ball, but last three starts first white Sox, I might want to skip that one, but at Baltimore versus mm. Cleveland, that's yeah. his final two. Give me Taylor Hearn to finish out the year strong and tough, toughest keeper debate. Adoles Garcia. I can't believe I'm saying this after the first half that he had, but he is hitting since the All-Star break with a 2.62 OPS. Uh, First half, 2.70 with 22 homers and 62 RBIs. Second half, 2.06 with seven homers and 17 RBIs. Fourth percentile in K percentage and whiff percentage. Sixth percentile in chase rate. 10th percentile in walk rate. None of those make me feel very confident for a guy that at the All-Star break, I would have branded on the trophy that he was going to win AL Rookie of the Year. So – that's going to be a tough one for managers out there. Just how do you view him after what is essentially a Jekyll and high first half and second half?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is my toughest keeper as well. And it's one of the toughest keepers keepers that we talk. Maybe. About yeah. Honestly, that was tough. Like, look, the the power is legit. Like he can, he can hit a baseball a long way. It was his rookie season. Um, you do have to make, um, not excuses, but you, you have to understand that like there are going to be ebbs and flows, especially we saw so many rookie players have highs and lows this year, like Mm -hmm. more than I can ever remember. And I think Mm -hmm. we have to go back to that lack of a minor league season. And now it's, it's a, it's maybe a crutch a little bit to talk about that with Garcia because the numbers you just mentioned are awful and like the approach is going to have to get better, but I do think he's at least worth consideration just because that power is legit he does seem like he's going to be a regular for Texas next year, and then my uh, guy to help this year. I, I will. N- I, it's going to take me a long time to give up on Nick Solak, and he's performed much better since his call. Waiting up. for it, yeah. And again, <laughs> a guy with roster versatility. Yeah. I love roster versatility. It is just so nice to have a guy who can hit 280, 290 and I can put him either second base or third base or the outfield. It's just nice to know that that average category can be help be help take care of. And I know he struggled before it's never been a question with Nick Solak, a guy that the Rays basically had to trade because they have 8,437,163 different versions of Nick Solak. So it's never been a question of talent with him. Um, I'm a believer long-term and I'm a believer for these final few weeks.
2: I I think that's actually the correct number of Nick Solak. I might be low. (laughs) You might be low on it. I'm trying to (laughs) judge this. You are low on it. You are actually low 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 on it. That's how this works. Uh, no, I, I agree with you there. Look, I've loved Nick Solak for years. I think he's got another gear that he's going to hit at some points. I was kind of hoping it was this year, especially after a very nice first month. Yep. But I'm hoping that he finishes the season strong and is able to carry that momentum the next year completely. Still good. just 26 years old too. Exactly. Well, that just about finishes up our show for today. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed to Circling the Bases wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. You can follow me on Twitter at Live, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow for the thrilling finale of the two-part episode where we'll discuss the National League. So make sure you don't miss it. So until next time, stay safe out there. And as always, thanks for listening. I'm keeping you, Dom Smith.